Hey everybody, welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which helping churches focus on making disciples who can make disciples. For more information, check out navigatorschurchministries.org. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. How are we doing? Oh, fantastic. Random question of the day. Are you ready? I'm ready for it. We just celebrated President's Day, Mm -hmm. so I'm curious, favorite president of all time, go. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, I have two in my mind, but I'm going to go with the more popular of the two, and that would be Theodore Roosevelt. Um, Teddy. Just because he seems like a guy I would love to hang out with. just to be around him. That guy had lots of energy, lots of uh, boldness uh, in him, just a leader of leaders. So I'm going with Teddy. How about you? I am going to go with George W. And and here's why. Because I, uh, that's George W. Bush. Uh, because when I was deployed, um, President Bush got on an airplane of a, a group of soldiers who I was deployed with. He didn't get on my airplane. Okay. But he got on this airplane full of soldiers in Bangor, Maine. He was there talking to troops. He got on this plane and he uh, spent an absorbent amount of time with these troops. And one of my friends, somebody who would become my friend while we were deployed, um, President, she was talking to her mom before the plane took off. And then President Bush got on board. Uh, unbeknownst to anyone, he was getting, I mean, this like wasn't planned. And he, he got on the phone with her mom. And, uh, and they, they chatted for a little bit and, and he assured her just, he was just a really kind and gentle guy. So I, hmm. I, I appreciated the way he led after nine 11 and I appreciated the way that he always talked to the troops. That's awesome. Very cool story. Yeah. Okay. How yeah, you guess that? Well, you never know, right? You never That's know. Right. That's right. Um, you know, today's episode is about what we learn from what we don't know. And so that's a, that's a great segue into what we're calling the failure episode. It feels like we're giving them sunshine and lollipops here. (laughs) Well, I was just thinking that presidents are familiar with failure, right? Pretty much every president has something in their administration that, um, that can be considered a failure. So I don't, I know we didn't plan that segue, but it fits. But we're here now and here we're we, living, here we living in success and we're living in failure. And that's just the nature of it. And 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 I think I think it's important to start off the episode with the idea of why we're talking about failure. And and I love the Winston Churchill quote, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Hmm. And I love that quote because it's a reminder that um, failure is comes with life, right? It's that the longer you're alive and the longer that you're making disciples, the more likely you are to fail. As a matter of fact, we both have, and we're going to share today, numerous stories of our failure. Justin, why do you think it's so important for us to talk about the failures when it comes to disciple making? Yeah, I think, um, well, when you're doing a podcast or when you're teaching on something, um, whether in a podcast form or wherever, as we do with disciple making and discipling, 
it's easy for people to put you up on a pedestal and think that you always get it right or that, you know, you're really good at it all the time. And, and that's just not the case, right? So um, a lot of our skill and expertise in discipling has come as a result of lots of failure. And so we've failed frequently and hopefully we're failing forward. Uh, and that's really helped us to learn and grow. And we're still doing that. And so all our failures are not in our past. Um, but the other part is disciple making is not simple, right? And so um, I compare it, I just comparing it yesterday, actually, with a, a group of people that I was with. And uh, we we're talking about the difference between disciple making and more of traditional ministry. Traditional ministry is um, comparably simple, right? Teach a class, preach a sermon. You know whether you did that or whether you didn't. And success is not measured as much in um, the response or transformation in those that you are speaking to or, or teaching. It's more looked at in terms of, did you did you communicate? And disciple making is way different from that, right? And so with the complexity of disciple making, uh, there's just failure that comes with it. And so that's why I think it's super important that we recognize all those things and kind of lean into them in a public way here um, that, yeah, we do fail. We don't get it right all the time. Well, I think one of the interesting parts about this idea is that disciple making, um, you know, we've always talked about it's, it's intentional, it's relational, it's reproducible. And so we all have tendencies one way or another. And so when we talk about failing, we typically will fail in the weaknesses of the areas that we uh, that we have in our own lives. So when we look at our failures in hindsight, what we see are areas of growth in our own lives. Now, also, let's just be honest. There are some times that um, failures are just because you picked poorly. <laughs> you know, you, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I mean, here's a, here's a great example. I, I was discipling this young man in the church who I love and I'm still friends with, right? And I thought he was ready to be discipled, right? We we talked about faithful, available, teachable. It's an episode we've done before. And that's what we look for when we're picking somebody. And I thought he was faithful and available and teachable. And we met and turns out he just wasn't teachable. He wasn't motivated. So what would happen is, and I spent probably six months with this guy. And I won't say I wasted six months, but I spent six months with this guy trying to get him motivated, right? Trying to plant that vision. And I'm giving these great speeches and I'm waxing eloquently about the benefits of life-giving disciple-making. And then we give that smart goal at the end as we do to be intentional and like, go do this homework. And you know what he did? Nothing. Nothing. That's right. <laughs> yep. I've Nothing. been there. I've been Nothing. there. So yeah, I made a similar mistake and I call it picking on potential uh, rather than picking on uh, what you see in their life, right? And so there was a guy that years ago I tried to disciple who was a leader of leaders. I mean, he would walk into the room and start talking to people and people wanted to follow him. He wasn't even trying to lead them anywhere, but they were following him. And I thought, Just oh, charisma wow. dripping from him, huh? Yes, completely. And he had a heart for God, um, but... So I thought, all right, if I can disciple this guy, if he can be aimed towards things of the kingdom and making disciples, he would be an amazing world-changing disciple maker. And so I started to, to try disciple him. 
And we started to get together and and as things were happening, it was similar to your story. Like we would have great conversations and then he wouldn't do anything. <laughs> and I would communicate, you know, as eloquently as I knew how about the power of the gospel and what God has allowed us to be a part of in building his kingdom, both in making new disciples and building up uh, disciples to maturity so that they could do the same. And, and he'd kind of nod along, but it never got in. And it was a complete, um, wouldn't say, again, not a waste of my time. It was a valuable time to connect with him, but it didn't accomplish what what we were hoping or what I was hoping, actually, it would accomplish. Yeah, and so well, it's so funny, right? Because we're both very careful about saying, well, it wasn't a waste of time, Yeah. okay? Yeah. Because we don't ever want to think that a relationship with someone is a waste of time. Yeah. Um, but the truth is you and I both think about this the same way is that we have certain hours of our week that we set aside for disciple making. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of categorize that kind of stuff. Like I, I have family time, I have work time, and then I have disciple making time. And now that time um, in my world, because of the work that I get to do, it, it kind of goes into work time and it goes into a little bit of family time. But uh, you know, we both really believe that disciple making is something that every Christian is called to do, and we have to create time for that intentional relationship. Yeah. Well, one of the dangers for me of being so relational is that sometimes that time gets moved into different zones. It's like if you've ever dated someone and they put you in the friend zone. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I lived in the friend zone for a long time with my wife before we got married. <laughs> and um, sometimes I'm still in the friend zone. No, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the truth is, is that I can be so relational and I want to connect with people and I want to hear people's hearts that, that all of a sudden my lack of intentionality in the relationship will subtly give the relationship permission to move into pastoral counseling hmm. or into friendship or into something other than intentional disciple making. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's so good, Tony, because when, when we don't have real clarity on what we're trying to do, then we're not going to reach the objectives that we're hoping to get to in disciple making, right? That reproduction right. Uh, yeah. where somebody has grown to maturity and now they are um, equipped with heart, vision, and skill to help others do the same, to, to know Jesus and to help him grow, help them grow to maturity. And I made a sim, I'm not nearly as relational as you. We've talked about that. Um, <clears throat> but early on, I would make similar mistakes. And the reason I would make those mistakes is because I just wanted to have somebody to disciple. Yeah. And so I have had guys where I've, I'm discipling them uh, quote unquote, but really what I'm doing is I'm just hanging out with them. I just sure. have a friendship with them mm. and it's, it's meeting a need in me more than a meeting a need in them because I had a need to have somebody in that category of, well, yeah, I'm discipling them. But really all I was doing was hanging out with them because they weren't ready and I didn't know how to move the, the relationship or move a person who wasn't ready um, to a place where they they were ready. And so we just spent a lot of time hanging out together and we had a good time, um, but it wasn't fruitful in a disciple-making sense. Yeah, so so let me ask you this, because I, I think a lot of people are like, wow, you guys really have failed a lot. So that's really cool. 
<laughs> what do you typically tell yourself when you, uh, after you, you've failed in a disciple making relationship? What, what's the, what's the narrative going on in your mind after something that you thought was going to be super successful has ceased to be successful? Yeah. Uh, for me, the narrative is normally, well, that that didn't go well. Uh, what can I learn from it? And then try not to do that again, right? Now, I think you and I have this in common, Tony. We both have quite a bit of confidence just naturally within us. Like we, sure, yeah. we're just confident people. That's part of how God has designed us. And so I'm not sure for us, um, unless, unless you're going to say something I'm surprised about, but um our narrative, I think, is easier for us to to move through than other people uh, when it comes to failure. Because I naturally think, well, yeah, I, I messed that up, but next time I'll get it. You know, I'll, I'll figure this out. I'll do better next time. Yeah, I, I tend to land in the camp of like, where did that go wrong? Like, yeah. like uh, it, it takes me a while, and this is just part of my character defects. It takes me a while to see that I failed. Hmm. Uh, because I'm so confident that I can bring it back. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. uh, like in, in the army, they used to talk about this all the time that you want to put a band aid on a sucking chest wound. Okay. Right. Yep. And so th- the idea is, is that sometimes we give a wound that's not going to come back too much attention. And I think that that's part of one of the things that happens when, when I'm working with somebody and the relationship is not moving in the direction of intentionality. I either need to like let it go. Or I need to to be sure to to make sure that I, I move, um, or you know, I, I just call it for what it is, right? Like yeah. you, you got to be able to identify the failure. So I, I, part of part of my ego is that I always think I can save the relationship. I always think like, and so when something does fail, like six months seems like a long time to realize that someone's not coming along, right? Yeah, you know, but yeah. you know, but here we are. So I, I think that. Part of the thing for me is that I typically, and because I'm a verbal processor, uh, I typically need to go and talk to another disciple maker, usually you, about, man, where did I mess this up at? Yeah. Right? And so having an outside perspective after the failure allows me to see the picture with eyes that I don't normally have. Yeah. No, that's really good. The importance of having other disciple makers around us that we can bounce those things off. Um isn't going to keep us from failure, but it can keep our failure loops shorter. Right. And so, and not only keep them shorter, but have a little bit more clarity on what happened and how can we not end up in that same place again next time? Um, Yeah, man, Tony, uh, Tony, let me share with, with you and everybody else, a failure that, that still bothers me to this day. Um, I was discipling a guy for about, six months, maybe eight months. And it was going okay. Um, but he wasn't terribly faithful. Um, sometimes he would, uh, show up and not be prepared. Other times he would cancel me at the last minute. Um, and we would reschedule, but I was frustrated. And at that point in my life, uh, I was not as graceful as I am now and still need to grow in that. But, um, so I had a conversation with him and basically said, Hey, um, you know, why don't you do this? And and after you do it, um, just let me know and we'll get back together. And he said, oh, okay, uh, Tony, I'm still waiting. Uh, that was, a, <laughs> that was the last conversation I had with him. Um, and, 
I still feel so uh, bad about that because I, I did not care about him as, enough, right? So I was willing, I was willing and perfectly comfortable at that point in my life to say, oh, well, if he's not coming back, he's not coming. I'm not going to chase the guy forever um, instead of honoring him and the relationship that we had up to that point and having a more robust conversation around, hey, maybe this isn't a fit. Um, hey, at least getting together and getting lunch just to communicate the care that I have for him or should have had is probably a better way to say it. Um, but I learned some some valuable lessons there. One about the importance of caring in disciple making, regardless of how they're responding. And another is the importance of keeping the door open to have the ball in my court, right? So I could have said that same thing, but then I could, I should have said, hey, but if I don't hear from you in a month or something, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a call or I'm going to get together, you know, something like that. But that one, that one still bothers me. <laughs> well, and, and I, I get that, right? Like, when you feel like you had it and it just slipped out of your hands, like, uh, cause the, you know, we, you and I especially are, are goal driven guys. Yeah. And so when we see a goal and we set a goal, we want to hit the goal. Yeah. And the goal for me is always spiritual reproduction. Yeah. Right. And, and so sometimes one of the, one of the, the lies that I have to beat back in my own head, right. If we're just being really honest is that, uh, I want to rush the process. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so s- sometimes uh, I have a perceived failure when what I really have is just a, a failure in patience. Yeah. And I, I think that's pretty important too, right? Is, hey, be cognizant that if the person's still engaging, if the person is still uh, doing the homework, if they're still showing up, if they're still doing the work, that, hey, maybe this is God's timeline and not your timeline. Yeah. And so... Uh, so don't chalk it up as a failure just yet, especially if you can get a little dramatic like I can and just acknowledge that, that, Hey, if there's still, if there's still signs of life, God's working. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I, something that just occurred to me too, is that, um, you know, not only have I had disciple making failures, I was a failure, uh, for somebody else that was trying to disciple me. Hmm. And so, uh, sometimes, and as I, as I think back to that experience, um, he did a lot of things right. Um, and yet it didn't go well. And it, I don't know what he thinks about it. I, I have no idea where he is today. Um, but if, if I was talking to him, I would say to him, Hey man, you did a lot of things right. Um, but it was me. Sure. I, I was the reason it didn't, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, sometimes that's just the reality, but yet, a year later, a year and a half later, I was discipled by somebody else and I was uh, in a place with God that was totally different. And so as a result, I was totally different. And so sometimes um, selection or what's happening in the person is the biggest determiner of whether it's going to go well or whether it's not, regardless of skill um, or experience of the disciple maker. I love it. I love it. And I hope this very uplifting and positive (laughs) episode on failing is as much a gift to you as it is to us to just be reminded of it because, and, and here's the takeaway for today's episode, failing is part of discipling. Failing is part of discipling. Fail, learn, and then make the choice to grow.
The action step, simple but not easy as it often is. Reflect on what you've learned in your failures. Apply them to present relationships today. Reflect on what you've learned in your failures and apply them to present relationships today. As always, it's an absolute joy to be on this mission with you. Hey, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. Spotify now has reviews. It would go a long way in helping share what God is doing on this platform. And hey, maybe even share this episode with a friend. Maybe somebody who's failed recently and just needs a little pick-me-up. They're not alone. You aren't alone. Thank you guys so much. We look forward to connecting soon.